Hello, we want to thank today's sponsor, FindMeCandidates.com. Between job boards and social media, it can be a daunting task to determine the best place to post your job opening. And when you are trying to figure that out, we highly recommend FindMeCandidates.com for just $4.99 a month with absolutely no contract. You can get your job listed in the most popular job boards and more importantly in premium placement on those job boards. You can't get this anywhere else. It's an excellent service to get more candidates to fill the position for your company. Go check it out at findmecandidates.com. Welcome to Business Playmakers, the podcast that meets with innovators, trailblazers, and leaders to learn about their experience and what success really means. Hosted by entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. The Business Playmakers podcast is brought to you by Employer Blueprint. Employer Blueprint is focused on developing great leaders and high-performing managers through one-on-one coaching and group workshops. To schedule coaching for you or your team, simply visit EmployerBlueprint.com. I want to thank you for joining us this week and uh, just share a little information about uh, this week's guest and kind of what we what we talked about. Some really great information and, and sort of a different vantage point than we get from most people about our workforce today. Um, you know, the question, one of the questions that really came up and we talked quite a bit about is, uh, is our freelance workforce increasing? And what does that mean for you? Um, you know, as we continue to see the the gig economy and the freelance workforce, outsourcing, offshoring, all these different things, we're continuing to see that increase. What is that going to mean for you in your career, in your business, um, in your role, in your area of expertise? And uh, and so we talk quite a bit about that. And I think you're going to uh, enjoy kind of the take. And I think one of the big takeaways is that we are not going to stop this trend. We we can't keep it from happening. The market dictates and the market determines um, what the trends that we pick up as a society. And and we are not going to be able to stop this, but what can we do about it? And one of the things that I would um, um, state on this is that what you can do about it is uh, embrace it in the way that you need to understand what do you provide? What is the, the value that you provide either in your corporate job or as an entrepreneur and business owner? What's the value that you're able to provide and how can you leverage the mentality that we are continuing to move towards related to uh, freelance and, and outsourced working to benefit you? So that you don't see your skill set being outsourced to someone else, how can you determine? How can you build up your skill set to be able to um, uh, to be able to to help others and to be able to monetize that in building your business or building your brand? Um, but the other thing I think that you'll you'll hear through our guest today is that not to be afraid to outsource. And of course, obviously, as you can imagine, this is sort of near and dear to my heart as, um, you know, we talk, that's what we do. You know, we provide an outsource option for people to handle their hiring and the recruiting and sourcing candidates and and uh, developing better managers and building a company culture. These are all things that we are able to help people with. And, um, and so it's important to know that we are not, we can't expect to we can't be expected to be experts in everything. And uh, one of the comments that our guest uh, Naresh makes that I really, really love is that just because 
you don't know how to do something doesn't mean you can't do it. And he, he in fact, sort of scaled and built um, his business around this concept that he doesn't have to know exactly how to do everything for his business to be able to do it. He can find people that have those uh, abilities and have the knowledge and expertise. And, um, and we can't be afraid to outsource those things. And um, one of the things that's very near and dear to my heart is, is just understanding that we need, we need to find people that know how to do the work that, that you don't know how to do or that you don't want to do. And we see this way too often with businesses, and, and you may be able to relate to this uh, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, um, that we've got to be willing to hire people that have skills that we don't have, that that have a desire to do things that we don't have a desire to do. And um, that's healthy. It's good. It's important. It's how you create a better work-life balance. It's how you can enjoy work and enjoy what you're doing without getting burned out. Find people that have skills and have a desire to do work that you just flat don't want to do. That's an okay thing. So, um, you're going to enjoy today's episode. We had a lot of great discussion. And again, uh, I think what you'll find is um, uh, he, he has a different perspective on this than many guests would uh, because of the industry that he built and or the, the business that he built within his industry and the fact that it's so much of his industry revolves around uh, technology and, and the digital side of technology. So enjoy today's episode. I hope you enjoyed as much as I enjoyed talking and uh, to Naresh uh, Vissa. And be sure to go out and check out his information. Thanks so much. I want to thank you for joining us this week on the podcast. Uh, we have our friend Naresh Vissa, um, who has uh, started, uh, you know, really from nothing, bootstrapped his way um, into the career that he has now and continues to uh, build uh, his company, help other companies build, and then coach others as they travel their journey to success as well. So, um, Naresh, I'm going to hand it over to you here real quick and just why don't you um, uh, kind of talk us through what what has led to getting you to where you are now? What has, um, uh, what's your journey looked like so far? Yeah, well, I got started with my business, Chris Media and Marketing. Uh, we're coming up on six years. The six-year anniversary wow. is in two weeks. Yeah. So I've been completely on my own since then. Now, I didn't start out on my own. It's not like I graduated from school, went to graduate school, got a business degree, um, and then started the business. I worked full-time. Uh, and got some really, really good experience in the corporate world working for some industry-leading uh, kind of household company, industry-leading or household companies. So yeah. I got some experience with on Wall Street with uh, some household or, or a household bank there. Mm-hmm. Um, also worked, uh, did some work with CNN. At the mm-hmm. time, it was CNN Radio, Clear Channel Communications, ended up buying them. Yeah. Uh, so got some experience with them. And then uh, learned the online and digital world through uh, a very, very large financial publishing, financial marketing company. And they are the industry leader within their industry. Cool. So got some awesome experience at all these places. Mm-hmm. And when I went out on my own, first off, from day one, it was my goal to always have to not just quit a job, leave a job and have to start all over. I wanted to be able to transition pretty smoothly. Mm-hmm. So within one month, um, I was, it's like I gave myself a 20% raise from mm-hmm. what I was making previously. Yeah. And then, uh, so, so the, the lesson there is if you're going to do something, try to have cash flow from day one or yeah. from month one. 
Yeah. Um, and that's why I always tell people work a full-time job. Don't just quit your full-time job and say, you want to do this. You want to do that. Um, do it on the side first. And then once you feel like you can take over that side hustle or that hobby, you can take it over. So that's how I got started with my business. It was just me. Mm -hmm. Um, it was not incorporated. I didn't have a company name. I didn't even know how long I would be in business. Yeah. I said, you know, let's just give it a shot. And when I saw that one month, two months later, that this was looking pretty promising, Mm -hmm. I incorporated my business and, uh, about six, seven months later, uh, clients started asking for additional work saying, Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Even though I personally couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, yeah, I can do that. We can do that. So it changed from me. It's changed from I and me, a one man show to let me go out and find people who can, I, who I can partner with or who I can hire to do some work. And so that's how I bootstrapped my business. Six years later, Hmm. Chris media marketing is a full service, uh, front end technology agency. We focus on online and digital. Mm -hmm. We do all sorts of, services, you name it, book publishing, ebook publishing, podcast production and monetization, search engine optimization, web design, web development, mm-hmm. app development. We do some macro stuff, a lot of development stuff on the back end, copywriting, social media, social media marketing, advertising. You can see our full services at krishmediamarketing.com. So yeah. we do have an agency model. And the term agency gets a bad rap because agencies charge a lot of money Mm-hmm. and um, they tend to be quite corporate. We're the opposite of that. Because, yeah. because um, of that business model, because of that business model, um, we guarantee lowest prices. Mm-hmm. We guarantee lowest prices f- to our customers. So um, that's a little bit about what we do, how we operate, mm-hmm. the philosophies of, of the business. And my, my company has opened up a lot of opportunities um, in other areas, all dealing with technology. Yeah. So that's how I got into real estate investing uh, through through my technology business. And the, the real estate investing that I do is actually, it uses technology to invest in real estate, mm-hmm. uses online and digital to find good deals and to execute uh, deals as well. So yeah. I'm really fortunate about how things have worked out and things are looking good. Hopefully 2018 was our best year revenue-wise yet. Hopefully 2019 beats 2018. Before 2018, 2017 was the best year. So um, growth is on the upward trajectory. And we'll see how things go moving forward. That's great. That's yeah. That's great to see that, um, especially you know in such a short period of time and and following your passion in that. Um, So what have you found? you know, as you early on, and as you say, people are coming to you saying, Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And, and you're taking on these new, um, uh, responsibilities. What are you finding are, are the keys to, um, identifying the right types of partners that you want to work with that are going to represent you well, uh, that are going to take care of your clients properly. What are some things that you are doing to make sure that you, um, that you have the right people that are coming in and supporting your business and supporting your clients? Well, I actually handle sales, business development, and general management. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm the real I'm really the sole client facing um, mm-hmm. engine behind my company. Yeah, uh, the people who work for me, they're essentially your your um, figurative cubicle guys. Okay. so they're head down doing the work. 
Yeah. Um, but clients deal with me. I tried hiring a, a business development sales guy previously, yeah. and it's just very hard. We're not at the stage yet. I'm not at the stage yet to where I can do that. Right. Um, when I say I can do that, I mean from a trust level, from a brand level. Mm-hmm. It's my brand. It's my company, and right. I'm the face of it. So um, I need to represent myself. I need to represent my clients and my business. And so that's what I do, but the actual work itself, the bulk of it is executed by, by my team. So, um, it keeps me busy, but at the same time, um, there's some, a lot of times we're just working on projects and there is downtime and I have the freedom to live life. Um, so it's not as taunt, as daunting as it may seem. It's a lot of email, lots Mm -hmm. and lots of email and, uh, digital communications, Mm -hmm. um, but I just, I kind of work on the fly around the clock. So it's not too much of an issue. Yeah. Yeah. When I think, uh, something that, that a lot of entrepreneurs out there can relate with is, um, the amount of, uh, you know, just the amount of time and how we kind of get torn in different directions. And I know, um, you know, you've had a couple of books that you put out, you've got, um, um, you know, the Chris media that you're, that you, you are actively working on. And I know you're, you're kind of working on developing this investment side, the real estate investment side, you know, so when you have, um, all of these things going on, how do you, how do you kind of manage and balance all of that time out to figure out where your priorities are and, and make sure that you're able to stay focused? Well, I don't move on to any new projects until I, I have the manpower to, to deal with them. Mm-hmm. So in the case of the books, for example, I've always had a passion for writing, for teaching, mm-hmm. for communicating ideas, sharing ideas. Um, so that's how I got into writing. And my background undergraduate was in uh, journalism, media reporting. So I worked in TV, radio, print, both mm-hmm. um, on paper, in front of the camera, and also behind the scenes as producer, director, editor, etc., so um, it's it's really a passion. I don't and I don't recommend people get involved with book writing. Yeah, unless unless they have that that skill or that passion. Yeah, um, we've driven a lot of clientele to our business through my books. Mm-hmm. My book, Podcastnomics, has sold nearly fifteen thousand copies, mm-hmm. and then I've come out with subsequent books: Fifty Shades of Marketing, the new PR Trump book. Mm-hmm. Um, my latest book is called From Nobody to Bestselling Author. So, um, so yeah, like it's, it's been, uh, it's almost like a goal that I have to write a book every year. Yeah. Um, and so this year I'm going to be coming out with a book, but I haven't even gotten to writing it. But to answer your question, how do I have the time to do Chris Media Marketing and write the book. And mm-hmm. well, the book helps generate leads. The bulk of our business has come in right. from has come from my books, from media interviews, like doing interviews like what we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, from search engine optimization, because media interviews are great for SEO. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through referrals. So uh, you get one client and you come out with a referral program. Now they're incentivized to ref- if they like your work to tell their friends about you. And it just has this compounding effect. So yeah. what I tell people is I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate that business keeps coming our way. People mm-hmm. are happy to work with us and they refer their client because our clients have hundreds or thousands of clients. Um, and then those clients have hundreds or thousands <laughs> of clients. Yeah. And so um, 
it's great. I mean, we're up to, I want to say on a last year, we did about 18, we serviced about 18 to 20 clients this year. Uh, it's probably going to go up to about 22 to 25 clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because it's my business and because of the way I delegate things, that frees up time for me. It frees up um, time. Certainly weekends are, are mm-hmm. very free. Uh, Fridays tend to be half days. Um, and then weekdays, it's, um, they can get super busy during busy season, but mm-hmm. they can all, there can also be some downtime and that, that allows me to focus on other things, not just business, but community service stuff, physical mm-hmm. stuff, spiritual, mental stuff. Um, so that's the biggest thing with being your own boss. It's you control your own schedule and you, you all of a sudden, um, have time to, to live life. Yeah. Well, and, and I know one of the things that seems to be a common theme for you is um, kind of this coaching aspect and, you know, whether it be writing of the books or, um, you know, in the real estate stuff, I know you and I had kind of talked about people that are, that are coming to you already saying, hey, can you help us understand these things and help us with these things? And, um, you know, I had the opportunity to, uh, to check out your book on, on podcasting and, um, you know, just some of the tips and tricks that come along with that. What, what have you found to be the benefit or the value in helping others? I mean, I think that's an important thing, you know, just kind of that, that idea of, of giver's gain, the, you know, more the help you help others, the more beneficial it is for you. Um, that obviously seems to be kind of a common thread for you. What have you found to be the benefits of uh, very intentionally spending time to help others? Well, this question um, ties into the, the book writing. It ties mm-hmm. into the coaching. So the genesis of my first book, Podcastnomics, mm-hmm. like you said, I had people come to me, hey, can you help me with this? What's a podcast? Can you help me with that? How do I get started? What do I need to buy? And after iterating and, and going through these conversations over and over again, I said, you know what? Instead of wasting all this time meeting with people, spending hours every week, whose business I may not even get, I said, right. why don't I just write it all down, make it entertaining, put it in book format and publish yeah. it. Yeah. And that led to number one best-selling podcastnomics, nearly 15,000 copies sold. And right. that's been the genesis of a lot of my, my book writing. It's essentially frustration that I felt where I only have so many hours in a day. And if I have people coming to me, which is again, very fortunate that people come to me, they want to meet with me, talk about whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it, it's a blessing. And, and instead of keeping it to myself, um, the easy solution is let's just put it all out on paper and publish an audiobook, publish a paperback, publish mm-hmm. a Kindle, um, and make it easy for people to get access to that information for, I mean, we're talking three to $5, sometimes $10 mm-hmm. for, for paperback. Yeah. So, um, when it comes to coaching, uh, again, going back to the, to the idea, look, I have no problem talking to my friends, filling them in, helping them out, but you only have so many hours in a day. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's why I'm currently on the real estate side. Look, I'm not a, I'm not Donald Trump. I'm not, I, I don't <laughs> own, uh, t- tens of thousands of, of commercial real estate or properties yeah. or houses or anything like that. Right. Uh, but just my friends are, are seeing what I'm doing. 
And it's for whatever it is, is inspiring them. And they're asking, how did you do this? How did you do that? How did you buy a house in this state that you, that you don't live in? How do you manage the property? How do you deal with tenants? And I have answers for all these. Where did you get your loan? How did you get such a low rate? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and I have answers because I've gone, I've gone through it. I've experienced it. Right. I've, I've, uh, dealt with bad tenants. I've evicted tenants. I've, um, uh, brought in my own new tenants and, uh, with the experience, people just kind of gravitate towards you, I guess, because I'm actually not your kind of in your face sales guy. You're, you're chest pumping, you know, try my product. Mm-hmm. It's the best product in the world. It's not right. my personality. It's not who I am. Um, so again, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate in that from, from day one, really going all the way back to 2013, business has come my way simply because um, of the way that I market myself, which is not in your face, uh, hyperbolic type of language or networking events or anything like that. I just have a completely different style in, in, in marketing. And it really, it's a philosophy. Um, and, and my philosophy is if you, if you do good work, if you treat people right, and you 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 try to charge extremely fairly. Um, they're going to be happy, and they're going to tell their friends, and and the results are going to come. The results are, it, and it could take time, which it did in my case. Yeah. But they'll they'll eventually come, and that trend is something that I'm now seeing on the real estate side. Like I said, I'm not Donald Trump. I'm not mm-hmm. any of these big real estate guys. But I think I I have enough information to where um, I can certainly help people get started. Um, and, and so I am working on, that's kind of my next, probably not for 2019, but for like Mm -hmm. 2020 and beyond, it's, it's really growing that real estate business from just a a few properties to, um, hundreds of properties. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I want to dive into that a little bit with you too, on just the, the idea of scaling these things. I mean, one, it's great the way that you kind of think about these things more so and what the future plans are, but you know, in Krish uh, Media and Marketing, uh, starting you know six years ago, um, and being able to scale that up to where it is now, and then as you look at these other areas that you are are looking to scale up over time, um, what tips do you have for people in understanding how to scale and, and when to know um, kind of the right time to scale, and, and what's that process look like for you? Well, this was not a plan that I had when I got started. When it came to scalability, mm-hmm. I had. I, I just thought it would be me for the rest of my life yeah. or if all failed, I'll just go back and get a full-time job. <laughs> Scalability is something that happened by chance. As I brought up earlier, mm-hmm. once a company started asking for more services, instead of saying, Oh no, we don't offer that. I said, and this was really kind of the turning point. I said, yes, we do offer that. And I went out and found good people right. who execute. That's how I scaled my business because as more people started out, and this is still happening today. I mean, we, we had a, a potential lead come to us, um, ask for some programming mm-hmm. that I certainly can't do and have no expertise on. But he said, do you guys, can you guys program this macros to do X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. And so I went to our, our developers and I said, just a project that I've never asked you guys to do, but can you do it? And they say, Oh yeah, we, we might be able to do it. Let's, let's delve into it. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as it's not much manual work, we should be able to, to do it. Yeah. So that's what I mean by scaling. It's, it, it, it's really the scalability has occurred. 
mm-hmm. based on what the markets dictated. Yeah. Um, so I'm, again, I'm, I'm fortunate that people have asked, hey, can you do this, this, and this also? And mm-hmm. instead of saying no, I just go to my team and, um, and they're able to execute on it. In the case of, um, in the, case of the, the real estate, that's actually a physical product. It's actually a, a tangible hard asset. Yeah. And so with those types of businesses, because they are, they're, they're essentially businesses. Each, each home, each <laughs> property is its own business. Right. Um, in, in that case, um, it starts with one. It, it doesn't start with 50 or 100. It starts with one. And then yeah. you build it, you scale it up. Um, and, and look, managing one property, not a problem. Managing yeah. two properties, little less of a problem. But the more you, you know, you start scaling, as you're saying, you start Mm -hmm. adding more and you're dealing with more property managers, more lenders, more tenants. Yeah. More problems come. And, and as I scale, um, I'm sure as I continue to scale, I've I've tried to ensure that I outsource all that work Mm -hmm. to people who can handle, um, you know, any issues that arise. So instead of I'm hoping, you know, one day if I own, a hundred properties that each of those properties has a property manager, um, whether it's one property manager handling all a hundred of them or 20 property managers handling a hundred of them. Yeah. Um, but they handle the stuff so that I don't need to do it because to me, it's just not worth it. It's worth it to pay the, the few hundred dollars a year, um, paying them. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's how I think of a lot of what I do. It's, you know, sometimes it's just worth it to, to pay people to do stuff. Um, especially if, if you could try to learn everything and be an expert at everything, which is what I tried doing when I was younger. And it's just, it's impossible to be good at all those things. Yeah. So I, I, I think one of the most important things that I've learned in business is, um, I, th- I think the really, really good business people I know, the really good entrepreneurs mm-hmm. are people who understand this concept of um, just because they don't know how to do something doesn't mean that they can't do it. Mm-hmm. And they employ people and they hire people who know how to do stuff that they don't know how to do. Yes, and, they, and, and if you look at someone like Steve Jobs, for example, mm-hmm. He knew nothing about programming. He knew nothing about actually designing. Like if you asked him to design a web page mm-hmm. or to design a pamphlet, he wouldn't be able to do it for you. Right. Um, and here's a guy who basically just understood that he could, um, the right word is hire, but in, in his case, he could use other people right. to create one of the most valuable companies human history has ever seen. Yeah. And, and I've noticed that with a lot of business people, um, they may not know, they might have a real estate company, but they know nothing about marketing. Mm-hmm. They know nothing about uh, listings they, they, or somebody has a technology company and they know nothing about marketing or they know nothing about legal stuff. And they hire people who can handle the, handle all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, now you need to have a certain level of competence to be able to dabble in all those different areas as a startup guy, as a founder, as a business person. Yeah. But ultimately you want to pawn a bulk of that stuff off to an employee, a contractor, a vendor. We'll just handle it for you. Um, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, it's not even a money thing. They're, they're going to do a better job. It's just, they're going to do a better job and you're going to free up a lot more time for yourself. That's right. 
Yeah, I think that's you. You're exactly right. I think that's one of the biggest pitfalls um, that entrepreneurs and, and small business owners make, um, and not even early on. I mean, I think we see this. Um, you know, in, in recruiting and client coaching, we see this, you know, even people that have been in business for, for decades, uh, that they still want to try to do it all or try to figure out ways that they, um, that they can handle certain things instead of recognizing there are people out there that have those abilities and expertise for a reason. Let's leverage that. Let's use that. Um, let, let's, let's find a way to, to have those people that are going to benefit them by giving them some business that they need um, and benefit us by serving our clients and providing, you know, what, what, what we need as an organization. And uh, that is a pitfall that we continue to see business owners get in on a daily basis um, because they, they just feel like they've got to try to do it all. And I think, you know, your comment there about just because you don't know how to do it doesn't mean you can't do it. Uh, I think that's such a, a brilliant statement that people really need to take note of. Um, you know, we don't have to be able to do it all, but we have to be able to find people that can do all that needs to get done. And uh, that's a, an incredibly valuable lesson learned and something that many people don't learn and they, they go out of business for it oftentimes um, because they're not willing to give up that control and, and try to figure things out for themselves. Well, let me tell you, Kyle, um, I don't understand. I hear all the time people, business owners, hiring managers say, oh, this all sounds great to you know, outsource this and hire that. But where do you find all these people? Like, how do you, how do you find, you know, how do you find X person or Y person so quickly? Like it takes time to hire and recruit and do all this mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, that's a very, very archaic old way of thinking. Mm-hmm. We live in an amazing time now where, I mean, I've hired people in a matter of hours yeah. Um, the, the, the internet technology is our friend that mm-hmm. you don't have to go to a college campus or a job fair mm-hmm. to find talent anymore. Just go yeah. on LinkedIn, go on Upwork, go on freelance.com or mm-hmm. some of these other freelance sites, Fiverr, and you'll find people, even Craigslist, you'll mm-hmm. find people. Um, and, and the, and the, then people, oh, well, Craigslist and all these, how do you know what you're getting is not a scam artist or whatever. Well, these sites have reviews and look, I had to learn because when I was getting started in 2013, 2014, I hired some very bad people. I did. And that was kind of like my, my learning process. And then I understood what works, what doesn't work. Right. And so now when I hire people, it's a very smooth process, whether it's my designers um, who do web design on all different, I mean, I have different designers who work with different platforms, whether it's Mm -hmm. WordPress, PHP, Wix, um, strikingly, you name it. Um, I find people online because I'm able to read reviews. I'm able to see ratings. I'm able to see what what they're good at, what they're not good at and, and hire them accordingly. And so, I mean, it's, it's a completely, completely different time, different Mm -hmm. time. And I keep hearing that excuse from people saying, um, I'll tell them, you know, why don't you hire an admin assistant? Oh, I've tried hiring so many admin assistants and they keep leaving. (laughs) <laughs> well, why don't you hire someone overseas who costs one fifth the price and right. who is your virtual assistant and will do all sorts of stuff? Or why don't you hire um, a robot? I mean, I have a mm-hmm. virtual assistant uh, robot. Her name's Amy, and um, 
she's a robot. She schedules my meetings. She yeah. handles my calendar. She's not a real person. Yeah. Um, and people have no idea. They think that she's real. Sure. So, and, and she costs, uh, I think $20 a month. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but look, that's it, AI is still, we're still a ways away. I mean, she does a good job, but she doesn't do the full job. Sure. But the point I'm making is you can get a real person, um, yeah. whether here in the United States or overseas working from home, who will mm-hmm. do an amazing job and do the job. Um, and this is for anything. It's not just being an executive assistant. Yeah. This is for, for, for anything. It's easier than ever thanks to technology. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that I would add to that, and, and of course, this is an area near and dear to my heart, um, since that's, you know, that's part of what we do is, is handle the hiring aspect for small businesses. And you're exactly right. I hear this all the time about, um, you know, assistants and admins and office managers and, and, and things like this that, well, we, you know, we've gone through three or four. We can't get anyone that sticks. We can't, you know, this was a disaster. We hired this person and that happened. But I, I think that that boils down to the same thing that we just talked about, that you're trying to do something that really you're not that skilled at. And and it's okay to admit that. I think, you know, even if you're to a point in your business, and I think there's a great place in in um, in business for virtual assistance and leveraging technology. Um, I think that there's there's a tremendous place because there's so many things to your point that we can do for fifteen, twenty, hundred dollars a month uh, that we would otherwise be paying thousands of dollars for someone to do. But even if you're in the situation that you need to bring someone, you know, a, a real person onto your team, um, I think small businesses fail to think about ways that they can leverage other people's expertise in that. And so, um, you know, that's something that we, we've, we're very skilled at. We do all the time is, is fill positions for, uh, uh, assistants or office managers and admins. Um, and we have the knowledge, we know what we're looking for, how to ask those questions and how to identify the right people. But it, it's no different than if a small business owner, if an entrepreneur starts up their business and they decide in year one, they're going to do all of their own accounting. It's probably not going to go that well. They're going to leverage the expertise of an accountant or the expertise yep. of an attorney to handle the legal aspect of their business. Most people don't start a business because they're really skilled at um, identifying, hiring and retaining top talent. They do it because they're really skilled in their industry. And so what people have to realize is there's help out there. Let's leverage that help. And so if it is, and the other thing, one of the keys that I I, I sometimes speak on in the recruiting world is one of the very first things you should do is figure out what you really need, not what you want. Um, And I know, you know, we've had many situations where we've saved clients thousands of dollars because they come to us and say, well, I need this role. I need a salesperson as an example. And they're going to be spending 70, 80, $100,000 on a salesperson. But then whenever we come in from an outside perspective and talk to them about their business, we find out, well, I think actually what you need is, is this $35,000 admin, not Mm -hmm. this $100,000 salesperson, but they would have gone out and tried to find a salesperson overpaid, been frustrated because ultimately a year from now, they're going to realize that's not what my business really needed. I still have the same struggles and frustrations I did before. And and what entrepreneurs um, need to understand and recognize is there is help out there in almost all aspects of their business. And if that's not their skill, don't try to do it on your own. Leverage the help, whether it's a $20 um, AI 
uh, a robot or whether you're paying uh, you know an accountant to handle the the uh, uh, financial aspect of your business or you're you know paying someone to help with building the right company culture scaling your business i mean i know that's something that, that you work with is hey let me kind of coach you in how to actually scale this let me coach you on how to um um, you know, how to get your podcast up and going and how to create an audience for that. Well, we don't have to do those things on our own. So let's leverage the experts out there to do those things. And I think hiring is one of them um, that we've got to be willing to leverage the experts that are out there because it can get really expensive to fail at that. And, um, and, and we see people do that all the time just because we don't want to leverage the experts or, or sometimes even know that the um, ability is out there, but I think I mean you're spot on. I think there's um, um, there there just has to be an awareness that there are other ways that there are new ways we can think outside the box. It doesn't have to be the way that it's always been. Let's let's think outside the box on those things. Well, I was very fortunate when I was younger, um, probably about 21, 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was at a stage where I felt like I could do everything. I could be yeah. whatever I wanted to be. I could do whatever I wanted to do. And, um, and I learned through, through experience that it's impossible to have all the answers. It's impossible to do everything. And right. it's actually a good thing to um, try to try to work to know people who do have the, like we don't have all the answers and it's, 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 it's a good thing. Um, and so we should, instead of either acting like, or trying to get all the answers, well, why not just know people who do have the answers? That's right. And so that's, that's such, I mean, it's really all facets of life. It's not just business, Mm -hmm. but so many parts of life where, um, I think if you understand that that basic concept mm-hmm. of, um, you know, you're not the smartest person in the world, and that's a good mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, you can really progress in in various facets of life. So, when it comes to the whole team building, hiring, firing, look, my company, mm-hmm. uh, we do a lot of consulting, uh, not just coaching, not just agency type of services, but we do a lot of consulting. With corporations, these are businesses with um, hundred plus employees, thousand plus employees, mm-hmm. and it's like some of these companies ended up firing or cutting entire staffs. I mean, technology right. staffs, marketing staffs, because and it's partly our influence where mm-hmm. we were able to deliver and show much more output. Right. Um, and productivity on, on certain projects or, or things, whether they were hands-on or, or hands-off mm-hmm. than the people who they had in-house. And yeah. so some companies, I mean, when, when I go visit, I don't do as many on-site client uh, on-site visits as I um, used to do, mm-hmm. but um, it can get downright uh, awkward when I'm visiting on-site yeah. and they say, Oh, so-and-so is visiting from this company yeah. And, uh, it's almost, it's almost like my, my response is I'm just an employee of, of Krish Media Marketing. Yeah. Uh, I don't say I'm the founder or the CEO or I'm, I'm just an employee of the company here visiting. Yeah. Um, because it's people freeze up and they know that, um, they're essentially went once, once I'm on there, or even if I'm not on site, they know that, um, 
they know our business model and they know how we do things. And mm-hmm. uh, that's why it's very important that people in the corporate world, they need to have that fire to improve at their jobs, to mm-hmm. display good output, to stay productive because mm-hmm. otherwise their job will end up being cut in favor for companies like mine that will come in and um, save companies, save cut costs, save money right. and uh, have even greater output. Yeah. So um, is it a good thing? I think it is a good thing, but uh, if you were to ask a politician, um, they would say it's a bad thing because all these jobs are essentially being outsourced, um, right. offshore, outsourced, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But no politician is going to be able to stop trends or technology. Right. Um, the the future is technology, AI, outsourcing, freelancing. Mm-hmm. That is the future in, in every field imaginable. Yes. I mean, even yeah. in the oil and gas industry, which yeah. is as corporate as it gets... Mm-hmm. Um, they, because of the low oil crisis over the last six years, five years, mm-hmm. they've had to go through a major, major rewind, not, not even a rewind, just a major restructuring mm-hmm. and, um, their models have changed, um, to, to be more aligned with, with this process right. as well. So it's only going to continue to, to move this way. And that's why younger people out there, even corporate people out there, um, they should be listening and they should understand the, the future of, of this global and digital economy. We live in a global economy now. It's not, we're, we're not isolationists, um, right. regardless of what our politicians might say. <laughs> um, India, China, Mexico, Germany. I mean, these are all places that their economies are doing extremely well because of the United States and because of outsourcing. Right. Um, and, and freelancers, independent folks, same thing. That, that's growing tremendously mm-hmm. and it's only going to continue to grow. So my advice to younger people out there, or even corporate people, older corporate people is really know what your niche is, mm-hmm. know what your expertise and passions are, become an expert at those and, and market them accordingly. Yeah. Well, and the good thing about it is even though that a lot of those things are getting outsourced, there's a lot of opportunity um, even within our existing workforce to use those skills for other people to outsource to us. I mean, I've seen, you know, the numbers uh, vary depending on the study, but, um, you know, I've seen as much as, as by 2020 that we'd have about 40% of our workforce are, are as an out, uh, as kind of a freelance workforce. And, um, and what that means is to me. And that's 2020 yeah. is like seven months away. Right. Eight exactly. Months. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, you know, what that, what that, tells me is that there are a lot of opportunities out there for someone that maybe is in a corporate environment, as an example, um, that they're in a corporate environment and that in IT, well, that means there would be ways for them in their own, in their area of expertise to niche that in if they decide they don't want to be in corporate anymore and allow other companies to outsource to them. So, you know, there's opportunities out there if we can find them, um, but, uh, but, you know, it, it's got to be kind of this reciprocal thing. I think we all have to realize that, um, to your point, we don't have to be, we don't have to know everything. Um, but, but it is important to know how to get to the resources that we need. And, um, and so it is our responsibility, I believe, as a workforce, it is our responsibility to really understand what are we good at and how can we help others with that knowledge and that skill that we have so that, if that were to come up, um, that, that we're ready for it and we're ready to figure out a way to monetize our skills, even if it's not with another company, uh, or corporation. Um, 
So I, I think that's a, you're right. There's certainly a trend towards that. We aren't going to stop it, um, but we just need to understand how to leverage it to our benefit when possible. So Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And it, it's just when I, when I hear anytime you, you turn on the news, it's almost a number one. Uh, this is this has probably been forever, but um, maybe I just started following politics and the news over the last ten years. But mm-hmm. it's always jobs, 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 economy, jobs, healthcare right. through the job. Um, it like that. It's like that's the number one, number one issue. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe this has always been the case, but we're at a crossroads now, where because of technology, um, I just I just can't see. The, the number of corporate and full-time jobs going up, I only see them going down. And this mm-hmm. freelance economy, like like you've discussed, is going to continue to burgeon. And it's largely because companies ha- now, we already touched on this topic, but the idea of finding talent, good talent, um, it, it's not as difficult as it was 10, right. 20 years ago, thanks to all these different resources. Mm-hmm. And so... Because of that, once more of these corporations um, catch on to this trend, whether it's through digitization, technology, they're already outsourcing. All of them are are already outsourcing, starting offices overseas. It's really going to change the global economy for the better and the U.S. economy for the worse. Mm -hmm. And when I say for the worse... It's always up to people at the end of the day to improve their knowledge, to improve their skill sets. If they don't do that, then it is going to be for the worse. It, mm-hmm. It's just that's just the way an economy should work. I'm not yeah. saying that's a way it's going to work, mm-hmm. but it's a way the, an economy should work. Um, so we live in a in a very. I'm very. I'm. I wouldn't have a business if it weren't for the, the current digitization and globalization of the world economy. Yeah. Um, I, I would probably be working some corporate job right now if it weren't for technology and if it weren't for globalization. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very pro globalization. I am pro offshoring of jobs, outsourcing of jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also do understand when it comes to politics, our politicians, uh, they need votes. They need votes. And <laughs> right. um, that's why I would make a terrible politician standing yeah. up and saying, <laughs> you know, I am for outsourcing all your jobs and yeah. uh, getting a bunch of Chinese and Indians and Mexicans to work for me. Yeah. Um, but as a business person looking at the bottom line, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's no better time in human history are we in right now where it's the cost of starting a business, the cost of conducting business is is lower than it's ever been and easier than it's ever, ever been as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, I really, uh, I appreciate that feedback and I think you've got a good vantage point. And, and as you say, we, we can't stop the trend. I mean, the market dictates, the market determines. Um, and so what we've got to understand is what do we do about that? How to protect ourselves against that? And how do we leverage that to our own benefit uh, when it makes sense to do that? So um, great, great information and great insights into the world that you're experiencing as well in that. Um, Naresh, let us know, how can we learn more about you, get some more information on some of the things that you're doing and the resources that you have out there? Check out my website, NareshVisa.com. Get on my mailing list. Send out frequent updates, uh, media stuff, coaching stuff, mm-hmm. advice. 
that have to do with digital economics, the di- uh, technology, online marketing, online business, e-commerce. Check it out there. And if people actually get on my mailing list and contact me, tell me that you heard me on the show, mm-hmm. I'll send you a free copy. It'll be uh, the audiobook and Kindle versions of my book, 50 Shades of Marketing. Okay. Whip your business into shape and dominate your competition. It's yeah. like a $25 value uh, nice. for both of those combined. So I'd be glad to offer that to your listeners. Nice. Nice. Well, very, very good. I want to, uh, I want to thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it. I love the insights, love the information. Um, thank you for sharing your story and, and continuing to help others build their brand and help their businesses. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for checking out today's Business Playmaker. Links to the resources discussed in today's episode are available in the show notes. For more information and resources from your host, you can visit him at www.kylegorman.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for the latest episodes. And until next time, make it a great day.